Welcome back to Conversations with Ipswich School, the podcast where we bring together the community to explore more about life inside the school from the point of view of pupils, staff and parents. In each episode, we'll be in conversation with members of the school community to delve deeper into life at Ipswich School. So let's get into this episode right now of Conversations with Ipswich School. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School. Today's guests are Lottie and Matt, who are going to talk to us about their lecture, Who Dims the Enlightenment? So hello and welcome. Hello. Hi. We're going to get straight away into the topic. Tell me a little bit about what was explored in the lecture. Let's start with you, Matt. Our lecture had explored the relationship between literature and uh, philosophy. And because we are uh, A-level students of uh, both PRE and English, and so in our lecture, we try to bring in how philosophy is so intertwined to uh, literature. And we bring uh, both of our case studies. Mine is uh, Crime and Punishment from Dostoevsky. And uh, Lottis is uh, existentialist, existentialist writing uh, after 1960s. And uh, the first thing uh, in the lecture we had explored uh, what, what is actually enlightenment to introduce the audience, the larger uh, philosophical debate occurred in literature and uh, on, re- on responding um, the failures of the enlightenment. And uh, yeah. Thank you. And Lottie? So Matt's section of the um, lecture was very much focused on the Enlightenment and how it serves as a really good case study Mm -hmm. for examining the relationship between philosophy and literature. My section, well, we both kind of divided the lecture into four parts. So we had two parts each. And the first part of my bit, I was trying to establish the relationship between the idea of literature and meaning and whether art should have any meaning, whether it's art for art's sake. So I spoke a lot about the art for art's sake movement of aestheticism in the 19th century. And yeah, so then we branched into two different case studies of post-enlightenment literature and its philosophical meaning. And I spoke about Sartre and existentialism in Sartre's 1944 play, No Exit. Okay, so should art have meaning? What's the answer? I think yes. Okay. But there's a lot of kind of discourse about that. Mm. I think that art should have meaning because it's so easy to um, fall down a rabbit hole of, well, if art can't have meaning, then anything can be art. Mm. You know, this microphone can be art. Exactly, yeah. So I think that art should carry meaning and especially in the context of literature. It's such a good platform to be able to express philosophical ideas. But each to their yeah. own. There are a lot of art students that disagree with me. So. Okay, okay. But you're you're firmly in the yes, art and particularly literature, literature should carry meaning. Matt, what about you? How did you? So you explored the relationship between philosophy and literature. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, my uh, my focus, my case study is um, the. 19th century uh, writer Dostoevsky, yeah. uh, who is a who is a religious devote, uh, devotee. Uh, what Dostoevsky was doing is just uh, using literary techniques to try to uh, exemplify his own uh, philosophical ambition. I think most um, co- uh, most continental philosophy is trying to use uh, lit- uh, literature as a medium to to establish a philosophical treaty. Literature is one of the best mediums to convey philosophical ideas. In the play that I used as my case study, No Exit, it's 
to this day one of the best things like I've ever read. Oh my goodness, um, okay. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how Sartre uses a selection of literary metaphors to convey his ideas and the nuances in his philosophy. And I think the most significant aspect of literature that makes it so useful to philosophy is the fact that literature is so personal and humanistic Mm. it has such a human element to it which I think a lot of kind of abstract analytic philosophical ideas lack so in the enlightenment rationality was the the driving ideology and rationality is kind of so devoid of any relativism or human instinct that it became so separated from literature and so different so difficult for people to understand but I think that the reason why literature is so useful to modern philosophers is because it translates these abstract ideas into onto a platform in which people can understand because it's about the human condition. Okay so do you think then that the enlightenment was like a turning point was sort of the genesis of, of philosophers realizing that literary literature literary techniques could do this had this power and do you think it's continued ever, ever thus? I definitely think the post-enlightenment movement would have been the kind of the genesis for uh, philosophical literature because I think it was in the literary movement's reaction to the abstract rationality of the enlightenment that all of these other avenues of thought became uh, developed so for Sartre his idea of existentialism kind of derived as um, an opposition to rationality and a Mm -hmm. lot of their the the rational kind of objective perception of what reality is and Sartre opposed that and came up with the idea of existentialism and because existentialism is fundamentally a human ideology it's about the person Mm -hmm. literature becomes so useful so post-enlightenment writers I think strongly utilize philosophy in their literature in order to convey meaning and then you're saying that post-enlightenment this is the genesis of, of literature and philosophers using literature to to wrap their ideas up and, mm-hmm. and promote them to the world. Yeah. Okay. So if we're going to read one book, and it can't be what we've already talked mm. about, so other than Crime and Punishment, other than No Exit, hmm. what would you recommend for us? Well, that's a good question. I would recommend The Bloody Chamber, of course. Oh, would yeah. you? <laughs> By? Uh, by Angela Carter. Okay. And uh, it is uh, a set text for a level yeah. curriculum. And I think um, you can take the philosophical content in the, in the book to yes. many different levels. On the surface level, it can be a subversion to fairy tale genre. And uh, uh, on a more philosophical level, it can be a, um, also a very uh, philosophical t- uh, philosophical text that discusses about existentialism ex- and uh, how um, also... Uh, as Lottie mentioned, existentialism can be um, a human a humanitarianism, okay. which sets human experience as a very center of the philosophical discussion. And uh, I think Angela Carter, uh, uh, what uh, Angela Carter was doing, as just enjoying uh, the hot debate of uh, how uh, was a female experience in patriarchal world, and uh, to reassess the the stereotypes for uh, female genders. Also, he, uh, her writing is very good. Right, okay, that's a great recommendation and a lot shorter than Crime and Punishment. I would recommend another set text that we did for A-level, mm. um, GCSE English. GCSE even, okay. Um, Lord of the Flies. Yes. It's 
probably my favourite book that I've ever read. It's so interesting. It's all about kind of the philosophy of the state of nature. Mm. It links a lot with um, Thomas Hobbes and John Locke's theories of the state of nature and whether we are fundamentally good or fundamentally evil beings mm. and how we can function without a society and a civilization mm. and it's amazing it's really okay. good oh that's that okay so some two great recommendations there thank you very much as well as crime and punishment and obviously the play no mm-hmm. exit brilliant so now i'm going to talk about the experience itself the lectures are amazing they're fantastic to listen to how do you go about preparing one with a lot of stress a lot of stress <laughs> um No, it was a really good experience. I'm so glad that I did it. This time last year, when I was in year 12, Mm. I could have never imagined myself doing something like that. I would feel too shy to turn up to lunchtime clubs, but I signed myself up for it and we had such an amazing time. It takes a lot of preparation in terms of research, but it's Mm -hmm. not too much. So I also did an EPQ you know, obviously we're both in like our final year of A-levels and it was okay to manage. It was really good. A lot of, we had a lot of discussion on how to kind of uh, make our ideas coherent and fit them together. But I think it was really good and it worked well. Yeah. Do you agree, Matt? Yeah, I totally agree with Slotty that we have a little bit of structure, uh, struggle on uh, how to manage our uh, ideas Mm -hmm. into coherent structure. Yeah. And uh, because of the nature of this lecture, some of the ideas uh, we are talking, uh, we're talking a wide range of like yes. philosophical ideas, uh, f- uh, from Enlightenment uh, to post Enlightenment to uh, modern day existentialism, uh, and uh, uh, to link those ideas, uh, far fetched yes. ideas, qu- yeah. it's quite difficult to us, and uh, we're glad we managed it well. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, the process of uh, preparing this lecture for me as a it's very long because uh, obviously there's a lot, uh, there are lots of books to read and uh, I think most of it is reflecting my personal reading experience mm-hmm. onto this lecture and uh, uh, I'm happy to exhibit my uh, personal reading experience to, to the uh, very general audience. Uh, audience well it's quite highbrow isn't it your general reading experience (laughs) 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 okay so there's some commonalities i'm picking up here so it feels like starting expansive having loads of ideas is great but at some point you've just got to be very strict and say this is in this is out otherwise it's not a lecture it's it's like an evening isn't Mm -hmm. it okay so that's interesting to know and then so how was it working together how's it doing it as a pair I think it's good. I think we did have to have a lot of discussions about the ideas that we were going to keep in the lecture because we both prepared so many different ideas. Mm. You know, ultimately it's supposed to be an hour long. (laughs) It can't be three hours. (laughs) So we did have to have a lot of meetings discussing it. And Matt started researching his bit when I had COVID and then that was kind of difficult to reconcile. Yeah, but, but when we were both back in school and we had had the first couple of meetings, it all went really well. I think doing it with another person is a really good idea because it allows you to kind of expand your own area of thinking to somebody else's. And I've learned so much from Uh, Matt and from all the things that he's researched I would say that I do want to read Crime and Punishment I don't know if I can get through (laughs) 700 pages of it but I'll try it sounds amazing okay so yeah what do you think Matt yeah I think the experience of uh, preparing with Slotty I think it's very 
great experience, and I think I learned also learned a lot of a lot of stuff from Lossy. Especially, I'm so uh, now become more interested in existentialism, and uh, I definitely will read some of the canons of it. Okay, uh, especially by uh, Satcher's place. Yeah, that is really interesting because I was talking to Miss Carter about who's your English teacher and head of English, and she was saying that actually, what she's found so exciting about your cohort has been the the debate, the intellectual debate, the hunger for knowledge and the ability to bounce ideas off each other. So it feels to me that that was very much came to the fore when you're when you're working on a lecture together. Would you say that, Matt? Yeah, of course, I would say that. It's like um, we origin, originally want to establish debates, but uh, we we reconcile with that, that idea and immerse it, immerse those um, th- those information of the debate uh, into our uh, our our lecture. Yeah. And I think I think the debate format was uh, try to exhibit this kind of uh, very normal and uh, uh, very uh, comprehensive um, structure uh, mm. in the philosophical literature. That's by doing uh, by doing a dialogue between two, which uh, which each person has holding a very opposite idea. And I think that progressive uh, we want to. Um, deliver this kind of progressive um, progress of mm. a de- a developing an idea to, uh, yeah. to the audience. Through, through argument, yeah. counter-argument. Yeah, that's right. I see, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, in that way we can like also deliver our hunger for knowledge. We've yes. just been so aggressively debating each other. But, yeah. but, but actually <laughs> that, the debate <laughs> format has been um, <laughs> proven um, Less comprehensive. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe our hunger is too much. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give to someone who is maybe considering doing one of these lectures? I would advise them to uh, explore more books uh, at a very early stage because uh, I was firstly advise them to um, settle down their original like permits first and uh, then go to explore wide range of books yeah and maybe you don't need to like read them uh, read into them very precisely and once you find a book to uh which is which is uh, very fitting to uh to your original permits then you can explore into the uh, into that book and yeah. uh, uh take out the, the arguments in the books and uh, pr- present them in a more comprehensive way to the audience so give yourself a bit of time at the beginning to to read more widely yeah. before you narrow down exactly what you want to focus on. Yes. Okay. So okay. And Lottie, what about you? So you said you were, you were very sort of cautious about putting yourself forward, but you did. Yeah. So my advice would be to just do it. Just do it. Um, that again, that's kind of a cliche. Like, yes. oh, follow your heart. But yeah, I genuinely, I completely entered myself in on it on a whim. Obviously, you know, I find all of this stuff so interesting. I had already done a lot of research into it because I want to do a philosophy degree. Mm-hmm. But I, the thing that was holding me back was the f- the fear of mm. it, like the anxiety surrounding it. It's a scary thing standing, well, it's up, scary and standing up in front of all those people. It's not yeah. for everyone. Mm. But genuinely, it was amazing. And for anybody 
that's considering it and is thinking, oh, I don't know, it's kind of scary. There'll be people watching me. It's fine. It's like it's like an hour long conversation about something you love. You know, I would suggest doing it with somebody else as well, because that takes the nerves away if it's kind of a group project. But it's just such an amazing experience. OK, so it, it is nervous, it can be nerve wracking, but just do it. You, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll enjoy it at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, uh, we're coming to the end. Thank you very much. Um, that was really, really interesting. I'm going to, we always end with a silly question. Okay. Um, and the silly question is, what's the best part of the school week? Mm. Let me, you go whilst I have a think. So should I tell you what some other people have said? So I'm thinking it's going to be lunch or break or, and actually they've said uh, double English. That, that, that was I one of them. triple English. They did say triple English. <laughs> and then one of the, uh, one of the teachers said uh, their department meeting. So, <laughs> so people clearly really love their subject here. So Matt, what are you going to say? Yeah, I mentioned this. Uh, it's triple English for Triple me, English again. Think, yeah. Yeah. Because English lessons are uh, quite, uh, it's very unique subject because it's, I think it's the only subject you can like uh, immerse a lot of your own critical ideas and your own critical opinions on the text and the text itself uh, is well, very well selected. And uh, yeah, it's just the experience of le- uh, learning through it. You didn't need to like uh, ticking through boxes of uh, what knowledge you, uh, you, need, to, uh, you, you need to learn. Mm-hmm. You just uh, have a very personal, I think it's having a personal relationship with those yeah. uh, those tags yeah and, okay uh, and the very and, and i think uh, after two years of english lessons i think i'm more well uh cultured okay great so triple english again because uh well to- well chosen texts and the debate and the culture and the, the learning is is brilliant thank you lottie I've been racking my brain for something to say. I'm terrible at answering these kind of questions. Well, for um, me, it's lunch. So <laughs> yeah, that's um, I guess nothing can beat being in a double lesson with your favourite teacher. Okay. okay, I feel like that's great. English is good because of the debate and the banter. Yeah. Um, I also love my politics lessons for the same reasons. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so a basically a good A level lesson is, yeah. is where it's at. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's. Well, that's really good to know. <laughs> um, so that brings us to a close. Thank you very much and uh, goodbye. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Conversations with Ipswich School. And thank you for listening. To find out more, check out the school website, ipswich.school. Now, the next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>